88.1 WKNC. You're listening to The Local Beat. I'm your host, Adam Kincaid. For the next two hours, we're going to be having a special Troika Music Festival segment going on here. Joining me in studio right now have Melissa Thomas and Stuart Horn. Melissa is the director of Troika Music Festival, and Stuart is the sponsor and social media coordinator. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks. Now, Troika, we're on into the 10th. <laughs> this is the 10th year of this fantastic music festival that goes on in Durham. I yep. want to talk a little bit about Troika. Uh, I'm sure many of my listeners know what the event is, but could you briefly sum up what Troika Music Festival is? Um, Troika Music Festival is a local music festival that's run by volunteers in Durham um, every year for the past eight years. And we're fortunate enough that as we program the festival, we really rely on local talent. We always work within the confines of the Triangle and outside. Um, we've been very fortunate to have national bands join us. But ultimately, the core of the festival is local music and what's going on in the Triangle. And it happens in Durham. So do you sort of lean towards Durham-based bands, or do you really sort of accept all bands from the Triangle, or is it more North Carolina-based? I think it's wide open. I mean, obviously, we know our core. We know our core community is based in Durham. But ultimately, we're looking for bands to curate a festival that people want to attend. And again, very lucky that we have the talent pool that we have within the Triangle. Volunteers kind of running it and, you know, putting it on um, as a way to bring attention to Durham. I, you know, Chapel Hill's established, Raleigh's established, and it was an opportunity for a group of people at that time to recognize music and other art, and it started as a Durham Music Festival. And you've been with it the, the entire time. No, I came uh, in 03. That was my first year. I volunteered and I played. And then from that point on, I've been around as a volunteer and an artist and then actively um, fell into the role along with Zeno Gill as directors or main organizers. And I've just kind of stuck with it every year because I want to see it happen. <laughs> I think that's why I stick around. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's definitely not an easy task. I mean, to, to sort of organizes i mean it is a large yeah. festival I, I think by your count we have 66 bands yes playing in durham over a three-day period it's not easy no at all by no it's means. not it's not and and the process has always been we've been true to the format of submissions because to your point of you know it's not just Durham bands. It's the entire state. It's the country. We get international submissions sometimes but ultimately we want the bulk of the bands that we're recognizing to be through submissions. And then there's always that next layer of bands that we seek. And by submissions, what do you mean? Just a free online form that you can fill out and put your band information in and hit send. And, it, you know, we put it into a larger spreadsheet and look through that. And we start to shuffle things around and decide, you know, what makes sense for the, the festival and, and who's touring and who do we want to bring in. And then how do you build bills at different venues that people are going to want to see and that's been the formula and it's worked for us so far so how many bands will submit i know this year it was well over 200 oh wow i don't know the final count on that but it, you know it gets a little daunting and i think that's the hardest thing for us every year is you know that that point where we're we're faced with people that we respect and know but not everybody can play the festival so i think that is how do you narrow it down how do you <laughs> You know. <laughs> hours. <laughs> I, I mean, I can imagine. Yeah, it's it, again, it's daunting. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And, you know, looking at 
you know, the year of hopscotch, as I like to call it, you know, it just, we had to work a little harder to make sure that the presentation of Troika complemented what people saw at hopscotch and resembled the success that we had in 09 and in 08 and previous years. So I think it's, we just had to do some more homework this year with uh, setting up the the structure of the schedule. And the bands that don't make the cut, you know, how do you break that to them? It's hard. That's a hard, um, piece of correspondence that has to go out. And, you know, Kyle Miller, one of the volunteers who, you know, I've been working with him now, I think probably three years. And it's not an easy task. And he has, you know, kind of stepped up to the plate and said he likes that job, that role. And again, a volunteer role. And, you know, we have to sit down and be somewhat decisive about how we send out that rejection message. And it's not easy. And we get a lot of feedback when that goes out. You can tell. what <laughs> You can oh, see it. Yeah. And with social media taking a larger presence than ever this year for us, you know, you can tell people are hurt. And I, my door is always open. And I've had to call people and say, please come and talk to me. You know, this is not personal. We Not everyone can play. I had one of those conversations today, actually. <laughs> so, you know, and those conversations will continue. But I think people need to recognize that submissions are open and you are always welcome. Now, I work in radio. And from a radio point of view, I mean, it's very difficult. We get tons of music submissions for, for airplay. I'm sure you do. <laughs> and sometimes I'll see some talent in a band. And I'll be like, you know, I don't think they're quite there yet. But maybe in a year. And, and that's actually happened. And I've gone back to a band a year later and I said, hey, I'd love to hear you play some of their stuff. And it turns out, hey, a year later, they're a much better band. Have you ever accepted bands that you've turned down previously? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think because of what you just said, and sometimes it's changes in lineup, it's changes in circumstance, you might see them grow exponentially in a year and they might become your new favorite band. I mean, right. I don't yeah. think... I don't think Megaphon was always on everybody's radar. The Bowerbirds were not always on everybody's radar. You know, and then they just grow and they form and you can't believe this is happening in your backyard. So we're so fortunate. And then we see some of the bands that we adore break up or reassemble. And I think the other thing with Troika that is strange, but I love it, is we do pull in a lot of reunion (laughs) stuff. (laughs) And this year, I, I remember saying to Kyle, can we get the sames? And we did. And Dylan Fence, you know, oh, Kyle, I, Kyle was able to book Dylan Fence. Love Dylan Fence. So, you know, so things like that. So things that we think retire themselves, go away and change, sometimes resurrect themselves. And a festival like this is a great format right. for those type of things. So from, from Troika's perspective, I know that Hopscotch actively seeked out bands mm-hmm. and went and asked bands, come play to for us. You have a submission form, but do you ever approach bands and say, hey, we would love for you to play at Troika this year? Or do you just only select the ones that submit forms? We absolutely approach bands. I mean, when when we all come together to put together the next year of Troika, you need to anchor it. You need to have points of interest. And you also, for those new bands or those bands that we just talked about that are growing and getting better all the time and, and they, they're more excited about it, the fans are more excited about it, that is their opportunity to play with those core players, those veterans, those bands that are touring all over the country and just they're in a different place in their career. And we always want to seek out um, those folks. And again, the great thing is a lot of them are right here. I mean, we worked with John Darnell, the Bowerbirds, Megaphon. I mean, some people that are leaving the triangle and doing bigger things. But, you know, we get to keep 
going back to them and saying, do you want to play Troika this year? <laughs> you know, so having access to that, yeah. I think, is great. And curating is key. And that's exactly what Grayson and Greg did. For us, it's a little different because we want to stay available. And we will continue to do that. And a large percentage of the bands that you're seeing on the schedule year to year are through submission process. If you're just now tuning in, you're listening to The Local Beat right here on 88.1. I'm joined here by Melissa Thomas and Stuart Horn of Troika Music Festival. We're going to take a quick break, come right back. We're going to play a couple of Troika bands here, and I'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the social media aspect of things to get Stuart involved in the conversation. Beat right here on 88.1 WKNC. I'm your host, Adam Kincaid. Joining me in studio are Melissa Thomas, the director of Troika Music Festival, and Stuart Horn, the sponsor and social media coordinator for Troika Music Festival. Stuart, I want to talk to you for a little bit now about sort of the promotional aspect of this music festival. Uh, talk to me about how you use social media to, you know, get people involved, get people to submit forms, and get a fan and audience base as well. Um, well, two two of our main vehicles we we use was Twitter and and Facebook this year. Um, you know, through through the Twitter we you know we call it the real time updates or anything we want to throw out there. Um, it can be constantly blasting that over everybody's uh, you know iPhone or whatever device they use to get the Twitter. Which um, is a, by the way, Bullbot. It's, at it's, Bullbot. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so we just we just blast out the information that way, and then you know, go reference it back to Facebook. Um, so, like when we had the craft show going on that that's being held on Saturday, um, you know, was, all right, get your submissions in. Same thing with the bands when it was time to to have the the bands get their stuff in in time um, through the submission process. You know, we we're constantly blasting that. So, um, I, I guess the equated the Twitter has been kind of like our, our stock exchange. Um, Ticker, just running across the bottom, right. just throwing it out as we can. And what about the other forms of social media? Facebook in particular, how have you used that to reach out? Um, we've used that um, just because everybody's on Facebook. You know, I mean, I'll, you're not real unless you're on Facebook. <laughs> um, so, you so don't we, exist in the world. Yeah, there's just <laughs> nothing for you. Um, so so we, we use that. Um, we've done done a good job of, again, same thing, keeping updates. You know, when, when the bands were released, you know, we went out through our Facebook and um, kind of had um, kind of play off the Troika and the three, but we used our website, the Twitter, and the Facebook, and we've con- constantly looped them together and was getting information out. So anyone that has any interest in, in local music, North Carolina, and, and even out of North Carolina, there's there's definitely inf- information coming out on it. From the Bullbot, what what is the robot? It's sort of the mascot of Troy. I never really understood. I understood the bull part because it's in Durham. But what's the robot? Um, that's a good question. Zeno, I mean, Zeno Gill, who has, you know, been heavily involved in the festival and has taken more of a backseat this year um, as his family has grown. So it's great. You know, he's a new dad. And, you know, so that's 
it's been a process for him. And it's so great to see him doing that. He always stays somewhat engaged, but his, the great thing with Zeno is his contribution artistically over the years has just been phenomenal. And we needed something for a t-shirt in 08 and he just sent this bullbot over. He's like, this is the bullbot. And it looks like a stormtrooper with a bullhead. <laughs> yeah. And he's kind of shy. He's kind of off to the side, waving. And it, all the volunteers. And, and this is how, you know, I introduce things. I just go right to the volunteers and I get their feedback because they're the fans. They're the ones that are interested in seeing this happen. So if they like it, we're going to run with it. And he's been with us three years now. And I finally got my wish. I got a full cutout of the bullbot. <laughs> so he will be roaming right. around the city on uh on saturday on saturday uh probably in standing in the closed street so you can take your picture with the bull bop. but he's just it's kind of become this mascot for us i guess so it really has. Yeah, yeah it's it's fun i think it's just you know us having some fun i guess besides music uh Stuart, you mentioned the the crafts that are going on but besides music what are there some other options that that festival goers can can do well saturday we have the craft show where we have i believe about 30 30 Tenders, plus vendors yeah. coming out and they got something to sell. We'll have that going out there. That's at um, the Trotter building at, on Saturday. At Trotter, and we'll also have um, some live music playing out there as well. Free live music um, with the Trotter building. Also with that, so one to five. It's free. Free, filling his feet. Um, and organos. And organos. Playing music, and and the music starts at the Trotter on Saturday at two thirty, and wraps up at um, right before five. So. Yeah, and I think the the craft show, this is our second year doing something like this, doing a daytime event. I think we've always kind of pulled back from daytime events, you know, and really focused on the evening. But with this particular event, we had we have two volunteers, uh, Maggie Morgan and Kim Novick. And Kim um, designs purses and has a natural interest in crafting. And they brought this to us last year, and it just it seemed like a good fit. So we have the music element, but we also have this great artistic element as well why do you not do more day i understand the thursday and friday but right it it did take a while for you to have sort of some day stuff that goes on because we tried in the past i know i recall um in 05 us starting super early because we had so many bands at one venue and again this is somewhat due to venue shortage that year but it was really it was really frustrating i guess for me as an organizer to be somewhere between four and eight o'clock and the fans just weren't there. And I think by design, when you see something like that, you're supposed to learn from it. And what we learned is going out too early, it just people weren't ready to engage in that. However, Central Park starts on the earlier side. Um, we typically start at Central Park around 7. But we're out there as early as 6 o'clock doing will call, selling passes. The only burger truck is out there. The Indian food truck will be out there. There's beer out there from Triangle Brewing. So that creates that kind of early vibe. Right. So people can come down there after work. Yeah, that's so much fun. And we, again, we were a little cautious when we were going to do Central Park the first year. You know, it's free. It's outdoors. But. Did it make sense? And it was a great response. And every year, this is our third year of doing Central Park as a kickoff. Um, and it's been wonderful. I, I have to say, I think the, the thing with that is that now we have the pre-show on Wednesday, the Bullbot Review at Broad Street. And that's, again, a pre-party for volunteers and stuff. But really, for me, it's that first band at Central Park. And it's that last band on the last night at the last <laughs> venue. <laughs> and it's just really that, you know, it's like the bookends, I guess. So 
Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Once more, you're listening to The Local Beat. I'm talking with Melissa Thomas and Stuart Horn of Troika Music Festival. We'll be right back. We're going to talk a little bit more about the history of the Troika Music Festival. Just stay tuned. Welcome back. You're listening to The Local Bee right here on 88.1. I'm your host, Adam Kincaid, and joining me in studio, Melissa Thomas and Stuart Horn of Troika Music Festival. We've been talking a lot about some of the things that have been going on this year at Troika. We've touched on a lot of things in the past. Melissa, I'd really like for you to share. You've been with Troika since 2003. If you could share sort of the history of, of the festival as you know it and sort of enlighten us all to where it all began. <laughs> where it all began. Um, it began in the heart of Durham with five or six bands, um, Robert Stromberg and uh, Jason Errol and a bunch of other folks, Alex Kostalnik, uh, Dave Rogers. I mean, just a, a big collective of folks that were involved in music and art, different mediums. And they wanted to come together and do something in Durham. And they had set out to set up the Durham Music Festival through the collective called Dada. And they were doing this at Central Park, and it rained. <laughs> they didn't really plan for rain. So a <laughs> couple of bands and all the, the fans uh, went up to one of the venues at the time called Joe and Joe's. And they had what is now noted as the first Durham Music Festival. And they quickly uh, got together to get the second one off the ground. And they did that successfully, more bands, more venues. And then I came in 03 and... I heard about it and I thought, this is such a great idea. You know, this is this little festival. And it seemed like everyone in Durham at the time wanted to play it. But a festival called the Durham Music Festival makes sense, right? So all the bands in Durham wanted to play it. And at the time, there's probably 12, 15 bands. And I remember volunteering and playing. And at the end of it, and it was always in August. And I, th I remember thinking, wow, this is just, I had so much. This is so great. Again, accessible for someone like myself just coming into the area. So the following year, I jumped on board. I said, I want to volunteer. And that is the, the at the time, I had started um, my own record label. And the first thing that we worked on was putting out a compilation for the festival called Durham Rocks that contained 16 kind of unsigned Durham Believe it or artist. Not, I have that album. You do. All right. Well good. <laughs> it's 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 pretty it was a lot of fun for me. It was a good um first attempt at trying to understand what was going on. I had no idea that was related to Troika though. Well I really yeah, yeah. So so we had uh it arrived um on the day of the festival and the deal was that we just kind of all chipped in and split it and the artists, you know, came and grabbed their copies and ran and, and I think that the change in the festival that year was just the dynamic that we were on to something. And we all realized that. And the organizers that year brought in Enon and the Mountain Goats. So the names got a little bigger. The rooms got more packed. We used the Armory that year. And you could really see the Rosebuds played, Des Arc played, Bella Fea. You could see what was happening. It was, it was going outside of Durham. So when we came back the next year, um, some of the organizers had moved. And I wanted to absolutely make sure that I was on board volunteering and 
we were going to get kicks, you know, get this thing kickstarted. And Zeno and I were at the table and we said, okay, we're going to do this. And we did. And from there, it is just, it's grown new faces, different bands. We had one year, almost 80 bands. And, you know, so we've kind of scaled that back a little bit. We've had one or two years where we really have had to work to build venues. And, you know, those years have always been a bit harder for us. And in that, we decided to change the name from the Durham Music Festival to the Troika Music Festival. Um, Troika meaning three. We thought it was a great way to recognize the fact that Raleigh and Chapel Hill are just as much part of this festival as Durham was. Mm -hmm. That we would, by design, keep it in Durham and build the festival up around Durham. And, you know, we're sitting here in 2010 and (laughs) we've got, you know, new venues and an incredible amount of energy. And then, you know, I get a phone call one day from from Greg and he says, Mel, I'm going to put on this thing called Hopscotch. And I was like, yes, this is the best day ever because this means that all the stuff we've been working on is coming to fruition. And this might become the area that you go to when you're planning your fall right, you're to see music, man. Yeah. You're going to be like, oh, I got to hit Hopscotch. I'm going to hit Troika, you know, Moog Fest. I mean, I, I think again... We've we spent a lot of energy um, over the years building this, but I think we've also put a lot of energy into the right places, and we're seeing that. And uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I think overall, uh, this is exactly where we wanted to be. And there's no big sponsorship, and there's no room for stuff like that because then it won't be accessible to the bands that get to submit and honestly get the opportunity to be considered to play and do get a chance to play. So, yeah, I think that's that's where we are today. And we have a bull bot. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> now, one thing to note <laughs> is that when we came up with the name Troika, a designer had given us a logo for Troika, and it was a three-legged chihuahua. <laughs> yeah. We didn't go with that. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that's... It's just that's, a little sad, you know. At first, it was really sad, <laughs> and he had like a star sitting above him, and I wasn't quite sure. And then we kind of looked at it for a week or so, and then we were like, "No, we can't do that." Yeah, you get like a live mascot out there. But yeah, so I think it almost for a while for Zeno and I, it was like we don't need a logo. <laughs> like that was a little too much. And then you know he rendered the bullbot, and the rest is history. So, yeah. I, as far as you know, it, it did start out as the Durham Music Festival, yes. and it stayed in Durham. Yeah, has that ever been difficult? I mean. You have two new venues in the mm-hmm. city now, the Casbah and Motorco. But honestly, it has the least amount of venues, you know, for the three cities in the Triangle, Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill. Durham has the least amount of venues, I would say, like real music venues. Has that ever been an issue? I mean, you have 66 bands here. Mm-hmm. You know, you've had more than that in, in the past. Right. How have you, you know, I mean, that must have been tough to stay in Durham, do you know, I think, as you grew I think we've just had the knack for looking at spaces a little differently. You know, what will fit in this space? And one of the questions I answered recently is, do you look at the venue and then put the bill in there? And I think sometimes we have to. We're forced to do that. You know, will this venue accommodate this bill? Or here's a makeshift venue. It'll be perfect for these artists. And, you know, Central Park is a great example. It's just a big pavilion that typically houses the farmer's market. And we just come in and we put up a stage, we get sound, and we just make it happen. And this year, you know, we have Central Park 
um, 618 Foster is where we house the record label and where we organize Troika out of. And that's the new building. Yeah, right. yeah. And, you know, again, stage is going to be delivered and we set it up and we just go from there. And it's it just seems to work. But you're right. It takes extra time because we just don't, we can't roll up into these clubs that are, you know, always well suited for what we want to do. But How many music venues does Troika have this year? For this year, we've got... You Three, can include makeshift wins as well. Four, five, six, seven, yeah. seven, seven this year. Yeah. Seven different venues. Yeah. Six bands, three days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you can always guarantee, you know, you can, when you invest in Troika, you say, I'm going to get a $25 pass three nights. You know, there's 17 to 20 something artists moving around. And not that you'll be able to see everyone, but I always feel like there'll be something for everyone at those in those places that are makeshift and in those places that the norm is at the Casbah and at the Motor Co. And, you know, Full Steam's a brewery, but I still see them as a venue. And Pinhook, those places by design um, were carved out to be proper venue. So, yeah. We're talking with Melissa Thomas and Stuart Horn of Troika Music Festival. <laughs> but we'll be right back. <laughs> WKNC, this is The Local Bee. Joining me in studio right now, Melissa Thomas, director of Troika Music Festival, and Stuart Horn, the sponsor and social media coordinator for Troika Music Festival. We've been here talking about the history of the festival. We've been talking a lot about the the different aspects of it and and of what's happening right now. Obviously, Troika has been around uh, much longer than Hopscotch. Hopscotch had its first event this year, the Hopscotch Music Festival in downtown Raleigh. Troika, we're into the the 10th year of this happening, but you have to compare the two in my mind. I mean, mm-hmm. Hopscotch and Raleigh, Troika and Durham. Do you feel any sort of competition with Hopscotch at all? No, not at all. No. Now, but what about bands? Some of the same bands are playing. Were you worried about that? Were you worried that people might go to Hopscotch and not <laughs> Troika? Yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't want people to exhaust themselves at Hopscotch and then be like, ah, you know, I'm not going to go to Troika this year. What we wanted was to make sure that we complement each other. And Greg and Grayson, you know, were very upfront, you know, called me almost immediately in the early, early parts of planning, told me the framework and, you know, complimented on uh, us on the job we've done with Troika. They had a great time in 09. It was Greg's first time. And, you know, we knew he was going to emulate some of what he saw at Troika. And that is a compliment. However, it does make our job a little harder because we also didn't want to fall back on every artist that played hopscotch. We wanted to keep in mind that the fans would come back to Troika because they like it, but also because they were riding that wave from hopscotch and they could see the variance in how Troika was curated. You're going to see some of the same likes, 
But we also, again, took a step back and made sure that we were paying attention. And since Hopscotch went out first, we were able to do that. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm still tired from Hopscotch. (laughs) Hopscotch is rough in a good way. I every, mean, it's incredible. Oh, it was, yeah. I and and the great thing to um, the relationship and the rapport that I feel like I have with Grayson and Greg is just kind of, you know, what do we need to do in this equation? What do you need from us, from myself, so we can support Hopscotch? I'm going to turn that around on them. We need you guys to support us more than ever. And in that conversation. We came up with things like day parties. You know, Troika should have a presence. Troika should do a day party. And we took that as a way we should announce our lineup. So we announced the lineup for Troika at Hopscotch. And if you were paying attention, you know, and a lot of people were, they were psyched. And we could see it on, you know, the social media. I could hear it in the streets. And then the other thing we did is we had asked Greg and Grayson to curate a show at Troika completely makes sense so we gave them um this you know for saturday night they've curated the show at the trotter and i think that's how we have to do this and i don't i don't see it coming out any differently um because we just i think we complement each other we do not have the budget or the means that they have and i don't think we want to and they're at a different scope than we are so we both have different problems and i think we can also learn from each other which you know and that's that's the the feeling I get, and I also volunteered at Hopscotch and had a lovely time. So, so you don't have any jealousy to the fact that Hopscotch had a lot more funds than Troika does. You don't you don't feel like, man, I wish, you know, I wish we had that money behind Troika. I hadn't thought of it like that, and if I did, the wish would be so I can pay artists more than we do. That would be the wish. I don't know that we have the infrastructure, the the workforce to support that budget. Again, Stuart rolled up eight months ago. I want to volunteer. This is the time I have. Um, I put as much time as I can into it. We don't have anybody that works full-time on it. Right. So I think it's, it's different in that. Mm-hmm. Am I glad that they have that budget? Absolutely. No envy. Um, is it exciting to see them book folks like Public Enemy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And am I psyched that it's in Raleigh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's, uh, for, for us, it's a win-win. I want to backtrack a little bit. You mm-hmm. said that you could learn from each other. Oh, yeah. What did you learn from Hopscotch that you've applied to Troika? And, and what also would you do differently? What are some things that you have taken and applied? And what are some things that you've said, I'll stay away from that? I think the concept of curating in each other's backyards I think it's kind of cool. I think the day party and the pre-party stuff was really awesome. So we we kind of, this is our first year of having a pre-party. So we obviously, you know, we kind of liked that. I thought that was kind of cool. And the, I guess the structure of how they did the bracelets and the tickets, we watched that closely because we wanted to see, you know, how they handled that. And I think we learned a lot about our own process. We learned that we've done a really good job with that because those are the things I think you question as a smaller organization and a volunteer organization, you know, are we doing this right? Are we putting, is it more work for us? Is this what the fans really want? So we paid attention to that. And I think the other thing that we learned in that, and I think all of us took this away was the incredible support for the local scene. You know, you question that when you're just kind of building it 
in your little world? Do people really want this? Do they really care about this? And you went to Raleigh that weekend, and I thought, you know, hands down, the local talent was just incredible. Those rooms were packed, and people were so excited. So we've been a part of that for a long time, and I think we reaped the benefits from what we saw at Hopscotch. And, you know, again, we're all kind of on that trajectory. (laughs) So So was there anything you saw in particular that you said, we'll let Hopscotch do that, we won't do that? I think for for them, uh, the the one thing is the price bracket that they're in. I don't know that we'd ever go anywhere close to that. And that's totally cool. But the fact that they could make that happen. And sell out. Yeah, like, wow. <laughs> that was, And that's actually my first volunteer night. I was at the bracelet station. Yeah. And I, I couldn't move fast enough. And they had scan guns and all this great stuff. And, you know, so I think... Again, for our the headcount of fans that come through, the amount of artists we work with, I mean, this year there's 180 or so individuals that make up these 60-something bands. We don't need that kind of infrastructure. So we've had conversations about we should scan bracelets and we should, no, we shouldn't. We should just do our handcrafted lanyards and our bracelets. I have and call all my lanyards, by the way. They're still. They, <laughs> I have every one of my lanyards from Troika hanging up on my bulletin. Well, board. and that's you They're know, and, and yeah. that's what we do well. You know, we just it's again a little mom and pop kind of homegrown, yeah. and our you know maybe now we've finally got a big brother. We got hopscotch. And personally, and I, I prefer the lanyards. I mean, I know it's it's mm-hmm. it's a more difficult thing for hopscotch to have because yeah, you know, you're worried about people like trading off. Absolutely. But uh, man, I love having that lanyard, and it, you know has like map and yeah the schedule on it. yeah that's great and I, that, i've kept yeah. and, and that is something people want so for us we can manage that you know obviously their numbers are very different and i, I guess the last thing for me is on the last clo- on the closing night of hopscotch i was volunteering back at the like the beer area for public enemy and there's just this this moment like when love language was playing And they opened the gate because I was there early and I turned and I happened to see, and I'm not exaggerating, like 50 kids or more just run like for the (laughs) stage, like there was a fire. And it wasn't so much, not that it wasn't for Public Enemy, but it was clearly for love language. And I think at that very moment, I I was like, yeah, somebody's got to pinch me because this, I just never thought I'd see this. But this is, this is like amazing. So... You know, our big brother. I like that. Big brother. Yeah, big brother. Yeah, Hopscotch and be our big brother. Yeah. We like that. Maybe they'll have a mascot next year. The big brother, yeah, but also big. the younger brother. And that is true. And I think, you know, in that, Greg and Grayson have shown us a lot of admiration and respect. You know, I don't know that there's many cities or places where a relatively new festival, a new festival, will call an existing festival and say, hey, we're moving in and we need to work together. And I think if they wouldn't have approached us, we would have been down there talking to them. (laughs) Because again, you know, it is a small town when you really break it down. And I don't, I don't know that we'd want it any other way. And I've always been very transparent about this. And in an interview with Grayson two years ago, you know, he asked me this question about Troika, is Troika needed? And my response to that, and I'll continue to respond this way, is it will be here until it's not needed. And when the fans stop coming and the artists stop showing interest, then we will we will retire it. And it will just be something that we talk about. And I think that's the best way to be. And Do this, you ever see that happening? 
I don't right now, Adam. I really don't. I think we're just at the cusp. I mean, you know, some things take longer to to stick and to mature. And yeah, 10 years, awesome. Thumbs up. But I think we're just coming to a point in the triangle where like we're 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 digging in. And again, we're a staple now. I think so. I hope so. I and hope so. The way the scene is, I mean, it's always been here, but it just like every time you go out, there's like just this new band, this, this really cool band. I mean, it's just new ridiculous fans. how it's exploding. I mean, you know, after one night out in a triangle, you run back home and, and you find their Facebook page and you like them. And it just constantly <laughs> increases. So, uh, it's, All right, Stuart. That's I think awesome. the scene's awesome. Social media. <laughs> Yay. Right there. Yeah. Stuart Horn. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break right now. We're going to come right back, uh, play some Troika bands in between. This is going on November 4th through the 6th. Uh, This interview will be airing on the 5th. listening to 88.1 WKNC. We're talking with Melissa Thomas, director of Troika Music Festival, and Stuart Horn, the sponsor and social media coordinator for Troika Music Festival. This is The Local Beat. We've been chatting a lot about the history, comparing it to Hopscotch, what's been happening in Troika. I do want to talk about this Troika that's going on right now. What's different about this year's Troika than in the past Troikas? We have the crafts that happened last year, I believe, was the first time. But mm-hmm. um, the curating, I believe, is new, and, a, and a, there's a dance party. Too, yeah, right? dance party. Yep. We never had that. Yeah, we're just hitting all avenues of music this year. Yeah, yeah um, Greg and Grayson, who um, curated Hopscotch, um, we asked them to take a night and curate something, and they put DJs in place as part of the bill at the uh, at the Trotter on Saturday, and that's just new for us, which yeah. is which is kind of great. I think the other thing Stuart brought up is that we're back to a walking festival, mm-hmm. and we haven't been able to do that for a couple of years now. I think the furthest distance is from the Trotter to the Casbar. It's about fifteen minutes. Walking. Yeah, which is which is new, and that's and that's great. Um, and the other new thing is we're closing off some streets around the Trotter, oh, the Motorco Music Hall, and Full Steam on Saturday night. So you know, we just a different presence, I guess. Oh, and we have a cutout of the Bullbot. He's new. Right. Yes, yeah. and he might show up in your photos. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> What about the uh, the future of, of Troiki here? Let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen in the years to come. Do you see Troika expanding? Do you see more bands, more venues? Or do you see you sort of, you know, plateauing out where, where you are right now? I don't know. I think every year the foot traffic grows, the fan base grows. Um, 
we this year have taken out some venues and added some venues and there's always room to add more. I think where we hesitate as we look at the future is we don't want to put things together that serve as empty rooms. We don't want those venues or those artists or those fans to be discouraged. So the idea is just to continually create the energy. You're running from place to place. Your head hurts. Your feet are tired. <laughs> and you can't wait till it's over, but yeah. you're having the time of your life. And in order to do that, again, by design, you have to keep it so someone can digest it. And if we blow it out too far, we'll lose that. And we saw, I mean, how many bands played Hopscotch? Uh, it's massive. It, yeah, hundred. It was insane. Oh, hopscotch. Yeah, yeah. It was in the hundred and eighties. I believe. Yeah, yeah. and that that totally makes sense. But that scope for Troika and the way we've structured it today, as we move in the future, yeah, we'll add some bands, we'll add some venues. But I, you, I don't think you're going to see us in a hundred and eighty artist capacity, and I don't think we want to be because then we will have to change the model of how we fundraise and how we. Um, kind of get to that point so i think you know i think our development is just again in people knowing we're here in november we're not going anywhere and knowing that we will always bring new talent and we're good for a reunion show or two right and there we go and <laughs> you know we have new every year there's new faces in the volunteer group um and you know the venues are going to continue to change Durham is going to continue to grow and we've got food, a ton of food trucks this year. So every year I feel like we add something, we expand in one direction, and we might close something off in another direction because it didn't work or it doesn't make sense. But every year we've pretty much grown, and I think that's the plan. Talk a little bit about the volunteers. volunteers. How would one go about volunteering? What does a volunteer do? What does that entail? So the core of our volunteers come in for the three days of the festival, and we need 40 to 50 volunteers to make this thing happen over the course of three days and those folks start reaching out as early as right after the festival i want in on this i want to help and we recruit those folks and we we do um usually the week of the festival we'll do a training and you get a pass and a t-shirt depending on how many shifts you want to work um, the great thing is that i know personally what those volunteers mean to this festival every time i walk up to a venue over the course of the three nights you know, kind of seeing those folks, you know, interacting with the artists, interacting with the patrons. It's just, they make the festival. They really do. And what we've had over the last few years is we developed kind of a core organizing group of volunteers. And that's where Stuart came on board. You know, he wanted to do more than just participate in the weekend of Troika. And those people, you know, they dig in for the eight or nine months that it takes to get to this very weekend. And I typically delegate jobs out based on what you want to do. So I hope when you come in that you'll say, I'm good at this, or I'd like to try this, or this is something I want to be involved in. And we kind of, you know, we see an influx in that group as well. And this year we have some new members that have come on board, Stuart and um, some other folks that have come in to do marketing and PR. And that's been an asset this year and other folks have taken on some different roles you know, I've been more hands-off this year in curating and I kind of like that <laughs> and you know so uh, so again we have this huge group that shows up to help make the festival happen the weekend of and then we have a core group that stays on for the year but really important we treat our volunteers very well definitely absolutely I mean, best volunteer gig in the triangle <laughs> <laughs>
this is not an easy an easy thing to do to organize this three-day music festival i mean you've been doing it for a long time mm -hmm. Melissa Stewart, you're getting involved in the past year I mean, it's not easy it takes a lot of time and it it is it's volunteer mm -hmm. where do you get the time where do you get the passion why do you keep doing it year after year Stuart? why do you get involved i mean where does that come from how do you explain that um well it was i, I originally got into it last year as a fan and um after festival is over and just just really hitting up the scene a lot around here um mimi mclaughlin from the neurotics yeah, we're friends, and I was talking to her, and she volunteered with it, and I was like, hey, can, if there's any room, can I get involved? And they're like, oh, yeah, come on out. Um, so, in fact, my first meeting out there was when Greg from Hopscotch was in there, so I was, like, thrown right in the thick of Hopscotch and Troika and all this, and I was kind of, like, just sitting around and um, taking it all in. But it's just, um, yeah, just, it, it was something I had so much fun at last year, and it was just such a really neat event that – one, I didn't want to see it go away, and two, if there's any way I could help make it better or or just keep it as it was um, just for, like, that next group that's coming in for the first time and just get a real big kick out of it. Um, so, so that's what, what got me into it and just just the scene here, like in, in Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. It's just, I mean, I think if you're in it, you don't realize how good you have it here with all the local music. And then when you go away, it's like, wow, man, I just, I'm missing out big time. So just, just yeah. getting stuck in with everything is, is, I just want to help, you know, grow that. And I think for me, I mean, I've, it's, I don't know, it's maybe twofold. As, as a person who started volunteering and the, one of the first shows I volunteered, it was at this makeshift venue called the Star Venue and it was Desarc and I think the Butchies played and the Rosebuds. I mean, it was it was crazy. Like I, I just couldn't believe the amount of energy and, and kind of what was happening. So coming in as a volunteer, I feel like the same way what Stuart said is I just didn't want to see it stop. I wanted to know that it was always going to happen. And my role has just, I think stuck because what I realized is I needed to create, I needed to create like a home base to make sure that new volunteers and existing volunteers could come back and you know, give their two cents, create new things, and we had a place to do it. And I will continue doing this until, again, it, it doesn't make sense. But I kind of feel like all this hard work in the last three years has really paid off because at the end of the festival, and it's not, it's not about being thanked, it's those emails that come from kids who drove in from Ohio. It's the email from that one artist that I didn't get a chance to thank that, you know, says not only did he or she have an amazing time, but they can't wait till next year. And it's, you know, it's volunteers like Stuart that come and say, I had such a good time, now I want to help. And that's why I think I keep showing up. Because I know, I know folks um, keep wanting to see it. And then the other part of it is I just have a, a big investment in local music. And I, that comes from the label and that comes from being a musician. And every year I walk away with just another reason to come back for next year. So. Well, Melissa Stewart, thank you so much for, for Troika. Yeah. Helping no. out and for all you do in the local music community. Thank Troika you. Troika is like one of the, those great shining stars <laughs> we have here. It's so lucky to be living in the triangle. And it's people like you that 
they really make that happen. So yeah, well, thank, thank you. you so thanks. Much for that. And thanks for coming on the local beat this evening. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank well, you. Get out to those shows and, uh, and hopefully I'll see you out there. Well, I'm with the